Well, hey, listeners, Troy Malcolm, Adrian Bow, coming to you live for another weekly episode of The Adrian Bow Show. Miss Adrian Bow, you are dressed up again. You are out in the field. I have been out in the field all morning and I've just come home and I've just thought, you know what, I'm going to take the suit off. I'm just going to put a T-shirt on. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to dedicate the time and the effort to this episode. How are you, mate? Excellent. And it's commonly referred to as the Troy and Bo Show, <laughs> aka the Adrian Bo and Troy Malcolm podcast, episode 114. How exciting. There you go. Well, episode number 114. And, you know, I remember when we first thought about kicking this off uh, and we met at um, Cub. Uh, in Potts yeah. Point and we did a recording there and we thought oh we'll see how we go and we'll develop it as a skills workshop but Adrian we've had some really special guests on this uh, on this podcast and you've done an amazing job in talking to people that are out there doing the business and that's one thing that we've always said about this podcast is we want to make it as relevant as possible we want to make sure that it's tactical and it's practical skills as opposed to talking just about what you know, majority of podcasts out there are all saying the same thing. So we are going to give to the tips and the skills to help everyone grow their business. Now, Adrian, we're coming to a point in time, it's the tail end of 2021. We know we've got listeners all throughout Australia. We know we've got listeners in the UK, in New Zealand. Uh, we want yeah. to make sure that everyone has a really strong finish to 2021 because we all deserve it. And we also want yes. to make sure that we're setting up 2022 to be our best year ever. And I really think the opportunity for the great agents in the marketplace right now is to set up 2022 to be actually a really phenomenal year, even better in some regards to what we're seeing now. Now, there's probably a number of changes that we're going to see over the next 12 months. I think that's a given. There's a lot of media hype about different regulations that are changing. We've spoken about them on the podcast before. Uh, I also think there's going to be a little bit more choice in certain pockets in Sydney where we've normally been strangled over the past 12 months in regards to the stock levels. So, what does that mean? That means that you have to have everything in order. You have to make sure you have a process for everything, but you also have to make sure that you're setting up the right people in the right roles within your team to really execute on what you're planning to deliver. Now, Adrian, yeah. you developed a pod, uh, sorry, not a podcast. You developed a blog post uh, and you sent it live a couple of days ago and you and I both received a lot of text messages and a lot of email inquiries and just general comments online about the podcast, about the, the, sorry, the blog post. And what it was, yeah. it was really the 10 point pre-Christmas plan to set 2022 yeah. up to be awesome. So today's episode, we're going to repost that. I think you're going to post it on your social media again uh, when this episode yeah. does go live. But Adrian, we're going to cover off those 10 points. I'm going to highlight highlight a couple of them that really resonated with me uh, when I was reading the blog post and also when you sent it to me. So um, Adrian, first of all, why, why was it important for you to get all this down on paper as a blueprint for everyone for, to have a really strong 2022, 2022? Well, basically, Troy, you know, what, what came upon us was we've got eight weeks till Christmas and the next question which begetted to me, which was what are we going to do about it, right? So I thought to myself, you know, let's create a 10-point plan that's digestible, practical, implementable. And I think the wording that I used there, Troy, was for hypergrowth, you know, because, you know, growth is just too benign on its own. Hypergrowth and mastery is what you and I are all about. So I think the fact that people in years gone past have reached Melbourne Cup Day and then had a change of paradigm and they've switched off, where this year it has to be totally different. Why? We've had restrictions, we've had pauses, we've had delays. So really 
we need to have that real massive final push all the way to Christmas Eve, and then we need to park the car on the hill, to use the analogy um, of going on a journey and a destination where you just literally put the handbrake on, so come early to mid-January when you pop back, you jump back in the car, turn the handbrake off, and continue down that same journey. So the, the, the gap, if you like, or the uh, distraction between work and having a little break should be um, quite a, a minor distraction in the scheme of things and it shouldn't be a huge dichotomy between work, personal and then back to work. It should just be quite a, a seamless approach and there's a lot of things we can do to prepare ourselves pre-Christmas to make sure that when we do jump back in, in the car and it's parked on the hill that we literally need to press a button to turn the handbrake off and we continue 2022 like we were just finishing 2021 and the segue was absolutely seamless. Yeah, and I think, you know, getting straight into it, uh, it's so true, Adrian. I think very one of the very first years that I ever was part of the greater team that you were leading uh, out of the McGrath business way back in the early 2000s, um, you mentioned something that resonated with me. And it's amazing that, you know, the methodology is still exactly the same. It's been successful for the past three decades for you. Why not continue that journey now? Is that you always set up yourself uh, to be in momentum as soon as you came back from the Christmas break. Uh, to have listings live and in the first point of the blog post is actually have four minimum of four listings ready to go live as soon as you come back from that Christmas break um, why four I, I always wondered why four why not ten why not three why not one why not seven yeah, yeah. well firstly it, it's it's not an arbitrary number it's a strategic number in the sense that you know that your first Thursday and Saturday or Wednesday and Saturday whatever your schedule is for open houses that's a full day, you know. And the other thing is four is, is a sensible number in terms of just prior to Christmas, getting agency agreements signed, getting photos done, getting contracts ready, rather than making your prospecting calls and saying to their vendor, how you place for the new year? Oh, yeah, no problem. I'm interested in selling in the new year. Can you call me when you get back from holidays? Rather than having that 30 seconds of courage and saying, hey, Troy, I've got an idea for you. I've got a feeling that early January the phone's going to start ringing because we're going to have a lot more people home um, in Australia that have been stuck overseas. We're going to have less people travelling overseas as well. Um, we're going to have more people online. In fact, the stats from REA spike every single year in January. So my recommendation is rather than wasting 10 days in January, because literally that's the lead-up time to get the agreement signed, the photos done, the contracts taken and get it online, why don't we do that now and literally come early January, as soon as the phones start ringing from qualified hot buyers with expiry dates on their pre-approval, get them online and let's get them sold because once those expiry dates finish on those pre-approvals guess what that buyer has to reapply and is going to be under the new uh, legislation from APRA where the buffer rate's going to go up from two and a half to three percent which will affect people's lending by five percent so why wouldn't you take advantage of getting your property on the market as soon as practical yeah I mean it's it's actually a good strategy it's a great strategy and it really does make sense you know we know there's a lot of articles that are coming out in different publications about that shift 
And so my piece of advice as well is to everyone within your pipeline is to make sure you're reaching out, having a quality conversation with them, and then actually sending that article and say, listen, it's not just my opinion, it's actually in a lot of the very reputable uh, publications. Now, Adrian, the number four as well has always been great in regards to that, because really we always work the multiple of three. Every listing you have that's live, it should give you three opportunities to go out there and list another property or you know do a deal off market or pre-marketing, whatever that is. So when you start to think about let's launch with four then that should really be 12 listings and you look at the Australian average on the number of people and listings that people have it can be anywhere from 20 to 30 on average across Australia that people are selling and listing uh, throughout the course of the year so with that in mind if you have that mindset that you have four listings going live in January that should equal 12 you're pretty much halfway there. Uh, in many cases. So it actually does set you up. Now, on the flip side of that, Adrian, if you come back and you've got zero listings, then we normally see the prospecting activities go into desperation mode. You may take on business that isn't great and it gets to a point that you may not have your first listing live till March, right? Till March. And then that means that you're going to be then seeing that settle uh, or complete in maybe mid-April. And so then you're kind of halfway through the year. You've only got really two months before the end of the financial year. You can see how that becomes you become an enemy of the circumstances that you're in and you become quite uh very panicked in your approach as opposed to going no i know what i'm doing christmas lunch is going to taste so much better uh knowing that i've got work to go straight back to um adrian the second one that was on your post that i thought was really great was um your 2022 listing campaigns should actually start earlier this year or compared to previous years why why do you think it's important to start those slightly earlier than what we traditionally would see well, once again, Troy, I don't think it's going to be a status quo year in 2022. I think it's going to be quite the anomaly in the sense that given all the restrictions we had this year and all the distractions, I, I honestly feel that the appetite to trade both buy and sell is very, very high. And normally people might wait till the uh, long weekend at the end of January to even start doing anything, you know. Now, I just can't see that being the case, Troy. I can see people um, having that, that smaller period between Christmas and New Year to celebrate with their families, and then I can genuinely see people online wanting to buy, wanting to sell, and frankly, if we know there's going to be an avalanche of inventory hit the market in February, March, why wouldn't we get in front of that as a seller when we know that the amount of buyers will be identical and we can take advantage and have more competition at our listings in the month of January? Mm. Because frankly, we know that doing that is basically going to increase our open for inspection numbers. It's going to increase our contracts and offers out. And it just makes absolute sense for me to make sure that we kick off earlier in the year. Again, we've got deadlines on those pre-approvals, Troy, and that's absolutely critical that we're taking advantage of that as sellers. The other thing is the Reserve Bank of Australia have done a massive backflip in the last seven days, Troy. They initially came out 18 months ago and said to us, The cash rate will not move until 2024. Now they're saying at the end of 2022, you're going to start seeing that. So that means for an entire decade, Troy, for an entire decade, retrospectively, we have seen interest rates either stay stable or reduce. So from 2024 onwards, that means there's going to be 
a whole bunch of mortgage holders that for the last 10 years have never experienced a increasing um, trajectory for interest rates. That'll be really fascinating. Now, I don't think it's going to be catastrophic. I don't think it's going to be a dramatic growth, but it will be incremental. But nonetheless, it will be quite a surprise for many mortgage holders who have only had a loan in the last 10 years who have seen nothing but reductions in interest rates. Yeah, I really think that's an interesting one, Adrian. And we may see consistent, like you said, incremental increases over a number of months, I think the tail end of 2022 or early 2023. So another great conversation point. And again, for listeners, write these down. These are really important ones. Refer to Adrian's blog uh, post. It's really important that you get this concept because when you're out there talking to your clients, this is the kind of insights that people actually want to see. Now, Adrian, the other thing that we've spoken about many times and you did point as point number three in, in the post was in the next two weeks, call every person that you've ever conducted a market appraisal for since day one of your career and to suggest the opportunistic opportunistic window uh, to list and sell prior to Christmas uh, to beat the imminent price correction that you know we've spoken about the last couple of points. Absolutely well this is another great point Troy because again in years gone past people have mentally and physically switched off after Melbourne Cup Day. Now quite frankly you've got the next three to four weeks to list property and then between that period till Christmas Eve, frankly, to get them sold. So that's a whole eight weeks or so to to do a full auction campaign or a full private sale or private treaty campaign um, with a settlement date in the new year. So there's plenty of time. Um, So make sure that every single person that you've been face-to-face with since day one of your career. Now, you might be in it for six years or you might have been in it for 20 years, but either way, curate that list, Troy. Get on the phone, send them an SMS, email them, whatever you need to do and say, hey, I know we met, I know that you had an appetite in selling. Um, If the decision is imminent, I must feel obliged to advise you that between now and Christmas is opportunistic because in the new year, we're going to have the trifecta of of Um, Number one, more stock. Number two, a tightening of credit. And number three, an increase of interest rates. Now, that's a trifecta that will absolutely have a correction in pricing. So why wouldn't you do it now? And why wouldn't you want to be a buyer in February, March or Easter rather than a seller? Yeah, Perfect, 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 perfect. Uh, Adrian, in the next four weeks, we're saying that we should call every person we've ever sold for and uh, in order to add value and really kind of get them to a point that we're adding value, but we're also there to simply touch base about their family's well-being and their own well-being. Absolutely. So this is a past client strategy that we're talking about, right? Now, the beauty about this strategy, Troy, is you don't necessarily need to be sitting in front of your computer or your CRM to make these calls. Now, as you know, what I've been a massive fan of, Troy, is being very analogue when it comes to past client nurturing. What I mean by that is literally printing off every person that's bought and sold a piece of real estate from you since day one of your career, binding it, leaving it in the passenger seat, and to use the um, acronym of no extra time, NET, meaning between meetings, between home and office, do two or three of those calls. And guess what? You don't have to take notes. It's like, hey, Troy, how are you going? I know I sold that property two years ago to you. I drove past the other day. The fencing looks amazing. The garden look, how's it all going? Oh, great, Adrian, really appreciate the call. And there's no need to make notes. It's just, it's on the go. It's fluid. 
And again, using that acronym, no extra time, net time, which is a great way and a great hack for you for time management or even better, choice management. Yeah, perfect. Um, Adrian, we're also saying, and, you know, some areas this is going to be well accepted, obviously, um, depending on what restrictions we're seeing. But point number six was to really look at um, door knocking for one full day per week around your current listings and recent sales until mid-December with a view to capture data for future listings and also add to your customer base. Absolutely. So whoever says door knocking is dead, I think is absolutely erroneous in that belief set. Because let me tell you, there's a lot of people who haven't been able to door knock for a number of months now. And quite frankly, more people are home. And if you're a developing agent or an associate agent, this is an absolutely uh, dollar productive activity for you. So I would be dedicating one day per week all the way through to Christmas. And when I say one day, it might be six hours, it might be five hours. But don't just door knock and say, hi, my name's Adrian Bow. I just listed and sold this property. It's like your objective is, can I get an email? Can I get a phone number for you so I can keep in touch and make sure I can add value about future listings and sales. Now, basically, that's a euphemism for saying I'm going to put it in my database. Now, we're not trying to trick people, but we're certainly trying to capture data and build rapport, not to mention show our faces. Now, what a way to get face-to-face with people. As you know, Troy, I always talk about prospecting is simply a means to an end to get face-to-face, and face-to-face is where the magic happens. Well, guess what? Door knocking is instant face-to-face instant rapport building, instant handing of that business card, instant advising of the just listed and just sold, and then capturing them into your database and putting them through a fantastic nurturing process via SMS, phone call and email. And what a great way to do it. Yeah, it's so good. And Adrian, I always say the balance is there as well. Like so many agents actually fall into the trap of my next point uh, that I'm going to bring up with you, but they just do one only. They only do digital or they only do traditional marketing. And so what we're saying is being face-to-face, putting, building that trust and rapport, putting a face putting a name to the face, uh, but then also backing that up with online, you're actually having a layer effect. And I know that one of your key strategies over your entire career is to make sure that they're seeing your name in every single element that they possibly could, because then they automatically think time to sell. Who do I need to deal with? I need to deal with Adrian. So that can be digital. That can be online. That can be signboard. That can be DL. That can be face-to-face at the cafe. That can be local community sponsorship. That can be video. There are so many elements out there. And Adrian, that brings me to my next point on your blog post is to gather all your 2021 sales so far and invest an amount of money you've put 3k in your blog post and again i would think that that can be scaled up or scaled down depending on the market and also the budget allocated in a just sold marketing blitz on social media in print in email in the letterbox and must have that call to action again what a better way to actually have that go out and then go and door knock that same area if you know the timeline i think that's a great strategy that builds that trust and very quickly yeah the reason i came up with that one troy was to actually take people on a sequential journey of how the markets performed in the calendar year of 2021 and what better way to do that than to show your january february march april sales all the way through to november and see how the prices have evolved and basically by 
promoting success marketing and putting a picture or a thumbnail of the property and a brief description and the actual price because there's no use doing this unless you're putting pricing out there because it's all about speed, ease and transparency these days, Troy, as you know. Mm. Um, So the price will tell a story of how the markets performed this calendar year and effectively you're adding value to your community by telling that story through your pricing, you're promoting your property, you're promoting your brand, and I just think it's going to prompt a call to action as long as you have that trigger on there, which is, hey, you know, I'm going to uh, always be around to provide you a rental or, or sale appraisal, um, any property requirements whatsoever. Here's my all my details. So it's not just phone number anymore, Troy. You've got to put on there phone number. You've got to have your email. You've got to have your personal website. Then mm. you've got to have your brand's website. Then you've got to have your Facebook link, your LinkedIn link, your Instagram link. I mean, you can't be naive about this stuff. You're either on the digital and social bus or you're not. There's no grey area in this, Troy, and you can't get left behind. So you've got to provide multiple mediums of contact because subjectively everyone has their own preference. Someone loves using Insta DM. Another person loves using LinkedIn. Another person loves using Messenger on Facebook. Another person likes to use SMS or email. So you've got to provide and cater for everyone's communication appetite. Yeah, it is so true. And I, um, Adrian, I, I kind of say that none of these work in isolation as well. As we get into the final through three three of them uh, i really think yeah. that none of them work in isolation you actually have to do all of these things to be relevant as an agent i think at the tail end of 2021 definitely but throughout 2022 this is just going to be more and more important for agents to get their head around and start doing so what better way to practice than right now um adrian the other one that we're, we've spoken about is um we've spoken about vendors we've spoken about past clients we've spoken about marketing we've spoken about connecting with those that, that missed out um on you know you've gone and appraised them the next one i want to focus on is uh underbidders right so every buyer that has come to a property that you maybe have represented over the past three months may be involved in an auction or a private sale private treaty sale they've missed out um you really need to attach yourself to them right because if you think about what you said as a mic as a macro level right at the start of this podcast um things are going to change quite dramatically it's going to be more stock options there's going to be buyers coming in and out of the market faster than ever before um so by attaching yourself to those buyers that are still in the market right now that haven't had the opportunity to buy because stock levels have been low this is the time that you can really add value and the law of reciprocity applies as soon as you do a great job for them in helping them secure a home, top of mind, they're going to think of you when it comes time to sell. And that may be only be with about three or five years, right? So I don't think the yeah. cycle will be as long as what we have seen historically. I think people are in the market. If they're buying now, they're going to be in the market for three to five years as opposed to seven to 10 that we have seen over many, many years. Adrian, you've done this throughout your entire career, but I know that you've got a really clear focus with your team about buyer work right now and really being that buyer's advocate style of agent. Yeah. Look, this is one of my favourite points on the blog, Troy. I'll tell you why, because it's been one of the biggest sources of referrals and listings for me throughout my 32-year career. Now, my strategy is very, very simple, Troy. So there there is a two-tiered buyer-nurturing approach. One of them is the uh, generic approach, which is 
you know, the majority of buyers you meet, you put them into your buyer alert system because it's impossible to service thousands of buyers, right? So you definitely do that because once a week, they're going to get an email alert from you. And, and, and frankly, that's the best you can possibly do for thousands of buyers that you potentially could meet. However, the second tiered approach is to literally attach yourself to anywhere between six and 12 hot buyers, I'm talking white hot buyers who have been direct underbidders on properties at auctions or private treaties, who you have a very frank conversation with and say, Troy, you know what? You may not need to appoint a buyer's agent because guess what? I'm going to actually do it for no charge whatsoever. And what's a buyer's agent's going to do for you? They're going to find you off markets. They're going to send you properties. They're going to negotiate for you. I can do that. Now, this is nothing against buyer's agent because I absolutely love that industry. I think it's an outstanding industry and it's just growing and becoming more prolific and I refer heaps of work to buyer's agents. I think it's an outstanding industry. However, if every agent attached themselves to half a dozen buyers and acted as their buyer's agent without any expectation of remuneration and literally acted as their conduit to either sell them one of their properties, one of their colleagues' properties, one of their competitors' properties, bid at auction, negotiate, whatever, at the end of the day, you will be that conduit perpetually. What do I mean by that? In four years' time, they'll think, oh, I, I need to probably look at getting an appraisal on my property. I was dealing with Adrian Bow. They didn't say, well, I bought it through X, Y, and Z, right? So Adrian Bow comes to mind. So it's all about that ubiquitous approach as you talk about, Troy, and it's all about that top of mind awareness. And frankly, I have zero expectations um, in terms of remuneration when it comes to this buyer's advocate approach, which is really providing vendor-like service. What I mean by that is with our vendors, what do we do? We call them every day, we email them once a week, and we have face-to-face -face weekly meetings with them. Well, I'm suggesting you do that with half a dozen to a dozen buyers as well, and you look at your absolute business, go in hyper-growth mode, which is the whole theme of this particular blog post, which is hyper-growth. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Adrian, the next point is the one that I always think is just such an untapped insight into what top performers are doing. And it is for everyone that's reading the blog post, listening to this episode of your podcast is to pick an agent you aspire to call and email them or email them and ask them to shout them a coffee uh, and pick their brain for half an hour, 45 minutes on some of the hacks to accelerate growth. Now, this is, this is one that we've obviously endorsed a lot. Uh, you have done it as an individual. I've done it as an individual. I've also connected people uh, that may not have known each other before we were kind of bit the conduit between the two. But Adrian, this is, this is the best way, I think, for young agents, agents that have somewhat plateaued, agents that have may have lost focus to really get back focused and really understand the modern day agent is different and they can really do some things out there that's going to create significant momentum for them with little to not a lot of effort and it's just small tweaks. Now, the only caveat on this, Adrian, that I've always said is if you're a fast growth agent and you're writing or selling, let's say, 20 properties, you don't want to go and speak to the agent that is the seasoned campaigner and consistently selling 100, 120 properties per year. Why? Because their journey where they're at is probably a little bit too far away from where you're going. You want to go and find the person that's maybe selling 30 to 40 properties incrementally, marginally better, and work out what got them from 20, selling 20 properties per year to 40? What did they do to double their number of sales? And I think that this is where 
you can have all the textbook information, you can listen to every training session, you can listen to every podcast, but you need to be able to find and navigate your style and the way you do business. And the only way you can do that is by looking like similar others and understanding, right, so that worked for Adrian Bo, or that worked for Agent X. Let's say that those things work right. I'm going to do those things because I know that that's the type of style that I want to be as an agent. So not all yep. one, it's not a one size fits all, but it definitely is something that most agents, they either get nervous they don't think they're going to learn anything from their peers or they just don't know who to go to so take away those three challenges and you're definitely going to see growth absolutely true and i'm always blown away how generous high performers are with their time okay so i did it when i was a developing agent i reached out to people and i begged them to shout them a coffee and sit them down and and basically just pick their brain on you know, if they were in chapter 10 of their career and I was in chapter two, well, what's that eight chapter gap that I need to hack, right? So for me, that was fantastic. So um, what you and I have done always, Troy, is always paid it forward when people reach out to us. The only difference for me, Troy, is given that you and I are both time poor, as you know, my number one rule when people reach out is make sure you send me an agenda in advance in writing Make sure you send me what your objectives are and the outcomes of the meeting are. And that vets a lot of people, which is fine. You know, I mean, and it generally, it generally means eight out of 10 people don't follow through on that. And that's fine. But the two out of 10 that do, I'm very happy to connect with, right? Because I know that unless they've got skin in the game and unless they're keen on hyper growth, once again, to, to tap into the whole narrative and theme of this podcast and blog, um, then I can't I can't be involved in hypergrowth if they're not involved in hypergrowth. And if I need to actually reprogram their operating system, then that's just too hard of a ship to turn around. That's like spitting a square peg in a round hole. I need to have someone who's at least on my energy level, on my on my uh, uh, level in terms of electricity and thinking, and then that way I can definitely steer them you know, in the right direction and try and add value to them. But please, it doesn't even need to be a real estate agent. It might just be someone in corporate. It might be a family friend. It might be someone in business. It might be a small business owner. It might be anyone that you can learn from. But honestly, half an hour of their time by shouting them a coffee, you could be blown away the type of t- life hacks and business hacks that you can actually try and um, get from them. And that way you'll be able to pay it forward down the track as well. Well, I would actually say, Adrian, that you just gave a really essential hack, uh, which is by having an agenda for every meeting going forward. Imagine how much more efficient you would be, uh, even in your day-to-day business, if you had an agenda and some actionable items, what you're hoping to achieve out of that meeting before you go into that meeting. I also like the idea, Adrian, that we just remind everyone here, if you're inviting someone, you want to hack and get, get inside their brain and worked out what's what are their hacks to get to the next level um, to make sure that you shout the coffee. Uh, don't go to the coffee and then get them to pay. Yeah. It's only $4 yeah. guys. It's only three fifty dollars or $4, depending if they have almond milk or whether they have oat milk, yeah. uh, make sure you pay that because it's the best $4 you're ever going to spend. If you connect with the right person, uh, Adrian, two more points. And then we're going to wrap up this episode. Cause I feel as if uh, the listeners, they will be uh, slightly overawed by the amount of detail that you've come <laughs> into, but this is all free, right? So anyone can find this on your blog. Uh, we're covering yeah. it off this is all kind of free so it's kind of free lessons from uh quite possibly and arguably one of the best coaches that australia has ever seen uh in regards to real estate two, two, right, two. 
So I'm simply a uh, commentator these days. Uh, you're oh, you're no. running this show, my friend. You're very modest, Troy. Very <laughs> so modest. Very point, point the number best, nine. Best in the business. Best in the business. <laughs> point number nine. Now that <clears throat> now that all the shops are open, um, Adrian, I know that you've done this so many times over your career. I've actually witnessed it firsthand. Is now that the shops are open, walk in to every cafe and retail precinct in your local community. Introduce yourself, equipped with a business card, and ask if you can leave some for their patrons. Um, this is such a cool hack. Uh, and then you've taken it actually to the next level and you've done a lot of video productions, uh, reviews of local areas, iconic uh, areas, iconic, uh, you know, facilities within an area. And it's always connecting the dots with yourself and the community. Now, remember what we said, listen, as a couple of points ago, we were saying you must have a layered approach to the attention and you are trading attention with people. This is a great strategy. So having your business cards there, making sure you're present, like don't just drop your business cards and then never go back. Go and have a coffee at that coffee shop uh, a couple of times a week. It's not very hard. And then you'll start to get the association where people know you're that trusted advisor. You're that hyper-local knowledge expert. You're getting a lot of insights into what the community is doing. It'll get to a point, Adrian, and I've seen this, that someone will walk in and be talking to the barista and they're like, you should talk to Adrian. He's in real estate. He's the best sales agent I've ever seen. And instantly they come over and strike up a conversation. Again, a really simple strategy that many people, they've done it sometime in their career, but for whatever reason, they've got complacent and they've let it go. Uh, you've done this for the best part of three decades and it's worked really well. Absolutely, Troy. I mean, look, now you've got suburban commercial and retail precincts that are thriving. Why? Because all the locals want to spend local, okay, because of the restrictions and the, the difficult times that these small business owners have gone through. So whether it's your laundromat, your hairdresser, your local cafe, whatever it is, get in there, introduce yourself, because guess what? Everyone talks to them and asks them about real estate. And everyone that sits there, whether it's the hairdresser or the cafe or the laundry, they're talking about real estate. So introduce yourself and say, hey, I'm Adrian Bow. I understand you own this business or you're the manager of the business. I specialise in rental, sales um, and, and commercial in the area. Here's, my, here's 50 of my business cards. I'd be absolutely delighted if anyone approaches you and has an appetite in transacting in real estate, if you could please give a shout out to me. And here's a, here's one, here's a few of my business cards. In fact, if you need any advice on anything at all to do with real estate, I'd love to have a chat. And what I'm going to do is make sure I spend my dollars here locally and support you and your family, you know. So, look, that just seems so rudimentary, but yet it's such an important local community uh, initiative that will really put you top of mind. And also you've got to put your money where your mouth is and you've got to actually spend money there and spend time there. So I'll often go to one of the local cafes, Troy, and punch out an hour's worth of work and yep. do emails and calls. But I've actually said hello to about seven people. You know, they said, Adrian, how are you going? Where's the market? You know, so it's, it's, it's a fantastic networking opportunity. And then the final one, Adrian, uh, again, that I absolutely love, and we've seen this with different clients that we've coached over the years, is um, identify one sponsorship or charity that you feel really passionate about and promote the fact that you will donate X amount. You've got $500 from every commission 
every sale yep. uh, and use that in your listing collateral. What a way to give back. Now, we have we have some great uh, great clients that we've worked with over the years. Um, top of mind, I just wrote down their names and I know that they listen to this uh, podcast every week is uh, yep. both Jody and David Headley-Ward out of uh, the Clounder yep. office up there for McGrath. And they have yep. done this and they've called it their community give back and they've kind of taken it and taken it to the next level. They actually let their clients choose the charity that they donate yep. to. Um, so there's so many great strategies. I love both. I think they work really well. I think, you know, you pioneered this with so many of the local football clubs, the local schools, the local surf club, all of those things. Um, it's just something that agents need to do. It needs to be part of their DNA now because people obviously want to have that community spirit. They want to give back to their community. Absolutely, Troy. I mean, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be in the industry over 30 years. You've been doing it for over 20 years. And what you and I have noticed is it started as a cottage industry, then it went corporate, and now we're back to a cottage industry, right? So what does that mean? It means that people want to deal with a human being that's actually integrated into the community, not just some number, right, and not just a real estate agent. So choose something you have a genuine and passionate, authentic interest in, you know. So another example is Richard Matthews recently did an initiative to raise money for mental health, you know, because, um, you know, Matthew Everhang and, and myself do a lot of work on mental health, you know. So for, they were donating X amount of dollars um, during a, a drive that they had, which I went, I think went for a couple of months towards, you know, Beyond Blue. So that was great. So it, it's got to be something that you're passionate about. And as you know, Troy, you know, a lot of my coaching proceeds go to go to both Beyond Blue and, and Black Dog Institute. So that's something I'm passionate about. For, but for your local, it could be a cafe, it could be a football club, but you can't just donate the money and cut the check but not turn up and actually do the sausage chisel. You've got to be the one wearing the apron and, and turning over the sausages. That's more of a metaphor, but yeah. you get what I'm talking about, right? You actually got to integrate yourself into the process. It's not about just transferring the funds and having your name appear on the jersey. You've got to actually, um, you know, involve yourself in the activity itself. Yeah, yeah, I think that it's that is key for anyone that's out there. If you've been sponsoring a team, if you've been sponsoring the local community group, the mini uh, rugby league club, the AFL club, the soccer club, the cricket club, whatever that is, and you haven't gone down, not just once, not just for presentation day, but if you're not consistently seen there, you might as well uh, just cut a check and, and just don't put your name on the jerseys because there's yeah. no real benefit of it. They want to identify with the local and it just is a testament to everything that we've said. Adrian, that was a long episode. That was 10 points yeah. that any agent yeah. that wants to take their business to the next level really needs to focus on uh, for a strong yeah. finish to 2021 and an even better start to 2022. Now, um, yeah. I, I think, Adrian, that that is probably one of the best episodes. I know we're going to send out the blog post again. I know that you're going to share yep. that on your social media uh, to everyone. Thank you so much as well for your feedback last week about Michael Townsend. Yeah. Um, best of luck. Uh, the option this weekend for the block. Best of luck yeah. to, to boys Michael and Josh. Fun. And the yeah. team and to all, all of the contestants and all of the agents representing. We know quite a few, Adrian, that are actually on that show, but um, obviously yeah. we've done a bit of work with Michael in the past. So we uh, we had yeah. him on, but best of luck uh, for that. I think there's going to be some really interesting results and there's going to be a lot of talk yeah. about it. Adrian, we have a couple of special guests that we're going to bring on towards the yes. end of this year. For this podcast yeah. we also have that backlog of questions and i think next week we may do a q a uh day yeah. 
So we might cover yeah. off a couple of questions. So that means for everyone, remember, it's not first in first serve. We're going to take the ones that are most topical and the observations that we're seeing out there in the market. So if you do have a question, please feel free to email myself to Adrian directly via any of our social platforms, yeah. via Adrian's blog, via Adrian's email, my email. It doesn't matter how you get to us. Uh, if it's relevant for next week, we're going to cover it off. Remember to rate this episode five stars, uh, no less. Uh, please no less because it drops our ranking. And AB, I think we uh, we actually hit the number one real estate podcast last week. Is that right? Yeah. For the week? Yeah, number one um, and also is, yeah. top 10 business, top 10 in business podcasts as well. Yeah, right. Which is pretty cool, right? Yeah, awesome, awesome. I think Just it's pretty couple, cool. I think it's pretty couple cool. A couple of blokes from the suburbs having yeah, a crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thank you to everyone. Uh, please don't underestimate. We don't underestimate the value that we get uh, to share ideas with you over half an hour every single week. Uh, we know that hopefully it's meaning something to you based on the feedback that we get directly from you. It's If it's adding one or two sales per year, then you know we're extremely happy and very proud uh, to be part of that process. AB? Yeah. That's it. Episode number 114. Locked, loaded, finished. Uh, finished, done. Finished, done, silent. No further, no further <laughs> there you uh, go. podcast yeah. or, or blog. All done. <laughs> Troy Malcolm, number, one of the number one thought leaders of real estate in Australia. Thank you so much for your incredible um, output and, and expertise every single week. So listeners, thank you again. Troy, all the best. Thank you. See you next week. Bye for now.